listening to a Drishti Point podcast. Please visit our website for more inspiring interviews on yoga, spirituality, and wellness. Welcome to Drishti Point. My name is Dustin Anderson, and today we are very lucky to have Lama Sumadi Marut as our speaker today, or as our interviewee today. He's an ordained Buddhist monk, university professor, surfer, motorcyclist, enthusiast, and author of A Spiritual Renegade's Guide to the Good Life. Welcome, Lama Marut. Thanks, Dustin. It's nice to be here. It's, yeah, and it's wonderful for me to have an opportunity to speak to you. As I, When I heard you speak last year, I found it very inspiring and engaging. I personally use some of the techniques that you you shared and I think it's uh, I really love your approach to spreading the wisdom oh great thank you uh, doesn't do any good if you don't like, actually try it so it's good to hear that uh, at least you have tried it <laughs> yeah this is true and I, and I find that the tools are that you presented are presented in a really accessible way and I really appreciate that yeah okay good but we're here to talk about a renegade's guide to the spiritual life and um, in one of the chapters, you talk about. I'm, I, uh, well, first, I'd like to uh, speak, ask you about what is renegade about spiritual wisdom. Well, uh, it, it didn't used to be renegade, uh, you know, in, in sort of pre-modern times in the, you know, in the West and in you know some in some large parts of the world even today. You know, religion is sort of taken taken for granted. It's the air that people breathe and so forth but um, you know in, in the modern modern Western countries especially and now increasingly throughout the world you know we've moved into a new a new kind of era uh, an era that's defined by secularism uh, for, for better and for worse I mean you know it's a it's a it's an era that's that's you know kind of um, scientifically oriented materialistically oriented and all of that uh, and um, and religion for many, many people, or a spiritual life in general, has kind of been uh, lost, has kind of gone by the wayside. People are suspicious of religion, and for some good reasons. Uh, and uh, many, many, many people um, have a resistance, you know, to uh, to a spiritual life because they think it's, you know, just kind of crap and, you know, n- not really relevant for them in their in their ordinary, you know, secular lives. And so. Um, but I think also there's a there's a, a great number of people uh, living in the modern secular world who kind of feel like something's missing, that uh, you know that the that the consumerism, the materialism, the emphasis on the self, the emphasis on greed, uh, you know that this this kind of life, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't bring the kind of fulfillment and happiness that people are looking for. Uh, there's a kind of a deep deep seated suspicion. That um, you know, that that the, the the secular life in and of itself uh, isn't going to deliver the goods. Uh, and you know, we've had, especially with uh, you know, with consumerism uh, as the sort of dominant ideology worldwide now. Really, uh, we've had some you know many decades to kind of live with that. And uh, so, you know, we have some experience of of knowing that. You know, just buying another, you know, item, buying another iPad, buying a new car, buying another house, you know, just the the whole kind of obsession with with consumption and 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 the attempt 
to gratify oneself through things and, and experiences, you know, buying vacations and holidays in different places. You know, we've had, we've had five or six decades now to realize that, uh, you know, it doesn't work and, and that in fact the uh, consumerist culture that we live in uh, is kind of oriented, is kind of has as its heart and soul to keep us constantly dissatisfied so that we keep buying. And so, you know, I think the renegade, you know, the renegade aspect of it is to say, well, wait, you know, stop. Uh, this isn't working. Uh, I, I need to, like, find a different direction. And, and, and in order to find a different direction, you're going to have to swim upstream. You know, you're going to have to go against the, the flow of, the, you know, the constant advertising, the constant, you know, kind of suggestion over and over again through you know the 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 multiple media that bombard us that you know that you just need to like look out for yourself think about you what it what what more do you want you should have more you should buy more and all of that so you know if you're going to get serious about the real methods for living a happy life which are are encoded in the spiritual traditions of our of of, of the world uh you know, you're going to have to fight the power uh, because the power is one that's designed to uh, to to not, uh, you know, to to not employ the real methods of happiness, but but quite the opposite. The real methods of happiness are not about selfishness. They're not about greed. They're not about constant consumption. They're they're about love. They're about compassion. They're about thinking about others. They're they're in in that realm and. Uh, you know that's not the kind of message we hear in our uh, in the commercials and the advertising and the you know and, and the rest of the uh, the sort of ideology of, of consumer capitalism. Agreed. And as as we uh, as I hear those words of wisdom, I, I look out at this new car that I'm driving and I'm thinking I, I made it I bought it for choices of work, but I, it's interesting the pleasure flash of a new item. Oh yeah. And there definitely is a pleasure flat flash. And, you know, it, it's silly to deny that. Uh, that's that's what keeps us all going is the hope that, you know, that that will get that hit, and that that hit will somehow last. But it doesn't, of course. You know, your your new cool car, you know, as pleasant as it is now, will be a piece of junk in five years uh, or less. You know, depending on like you know <laughs> how quickly you you know grow dissatisfied with it and yes. and the uh, and the economy and the ideology uh, that we live under depends on you growing dissatisfied with the stuff all the time and buying and, and 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 then and then you know kind of seeking the next hit and uh that kind of that kind of like life as a kind of consumerist junkie uh you know is it, there's no end to that you know there's no there's never going to be a car that you finally buy that says okay this one will keep you satisfied forever uh, you know uh, unless you do something inside, in, in the mind and and uh, and start thinking about you know the importance of things like contentment and and satisfaction uh, and and that that very idea of contentment goes against the grain in our uh, in our present culture agreed and it is uh, when we're bombarded all the time. I find it it's it's difficult. I find when I'm around friends that are not that are more on the atheistic side, that their their passion or their their drive for consumption really 
influences my thinking. Well, yeah, and we're all susceptible to it. You know, the the, the consumerist, uh, you know, ideology ha has, you know, ha has has come into our brains. I mean, you know, we're all influenced by it. And, uh, and it has many, many kind of tentacles. Uh, it's not just, you know, buying stuff or, you know, but, but then, you know, uh, it also influences our ideas that, well, I need to go to all these exotic places because, you know, if I got to Peru, I'd be happy. And then you get to Peru and, you know, you, you get that same kind of, you know, flash, that same kind of hit for a while. And then, you know, it's got, well, it's, you know, the food here is kind of kind of bad, and you know the air is like pretty thin, and you know, and then you get satisfied, dissatisfied with it too. And I think this kind of consumerist mentality also um, has has affected, has inflicted, afflicted the the spiritual life as well, so that we get that same kind of uh, you know kind of mentality when it comes to um, you know. Uh, oh, I need to take another yoga class, or I need to go to another Dalai Lama teaching, and you know the endless kind of consumption of, of spirituality <laughs> and uh, and so it's everywhere it's pervasive uh, and and and, uh, and and it's quite a you know it's quite a formidable power and the power is in, is is within us it's it's you know it's wormed its way into our heads so to um, to fight the power means to you know have an internal battle really between you know what what we have been accustomed to thinking you know uh, the way that we've been thinking about about life and about what what uh, what the pursuit of happiness really is, uh, and you know, and 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 a more deeper understanding of of what it is that we're really looking for. What what we're looking for, Dustin, in in whether we buy a new car or an iPod or or a trip to you know Bahamas or another you know, kind of teaching from the Dalai Lama, what we're always looking for is, is contentment. We're hoping that, you know, that that car will finally make me content or that, that trip will finally make me content or I'll go to the this to one more, you know, teaching, to one more, you know, yoga event, one more retreat, to one more, and then finally I won't, I won't feel this kind of itchiness all the time, you know, mm. the, the, this kind of dissatisfaction. But, um, you know, it, it the, the contentment that we're looking for in, in all of these things isn't in these things. It can only come from within. It doesn't come from anything external. And, uh, and the quicker we learn that, the, 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 the quicker we'll be on the true path to, uh, to real happiness. You know, learning, learning how to change internally and, and not depend on the externals, whether those be, you know, consumer goods or experiences or even, you know, Cool yoga retreats. <laughs> yeah. So, then is uh, in in bringing this to your book, the is revisioning the past a part of that finding contentment. Well, this is this is one of the easiest ways to start. Uh, you know, the 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 real the real path to contentment is to you know is to work is to work with your memories. Uh, you know, we're. We are who we think we once were. We are defined by our own memories, and um, and I think it's important to to distinguish, you know, the memories we have of the past from the actual past. The actual past is gone, and is and is irrecoverable. But we of course continue to have memories of what we think happened in the past, and those memories define us in the present. And those memories only exist in the present. So and they're and they're and they're ours. They're internal, and so we can 
we can control our understanding of the past. We can change our understanding of the past because, because the only way the past exists is in our present mind, in our memories. So yeah, uh, this is this is one of the you know major uh, you know sections of of the book, the Spiritual Renegade's Guide to the Good Life, is learning how to change the past, change your understanding of the past. And there's really you know two main ways to do that. Uh, the the first one is is to say is to forgive, <laughs> is to let go of the grudges and the anger and the sadness and the depression uh, that we're carrying around within us. Uh, and, and to and to to change those memories by letting letting it go by saying you know I forgive, I forgive whoever hurt me, I forgive uh, you know all all the negative things that have that have happened to me. I'm, I don't want to carry this around anymore. And then secondly, to um, once you've done that kind of uh, hard work, which is you know it's quite hard work to uh, to forgive. Uh, but once you've done that, then the second step of changing your understanding of your past is uh, is gratitude, and to to be grateful for everything and everybody that has that has happened in your life. And then, uh, of course, if you change your understanding of the past like that, if you you know rework the memories, then uh, instantaneously you will feel better because the memories exist only in the present mind. So that's that's the quickest one of the quickest ways to start uh, working on living a happier life is to uh, forgive and to be grateful for for what has happened so when i hear you say forgive though i can i so in my mind i go okay i forgive this person but that doesn't stick <laughs> well right i mean it's 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 work it's practice that's why they call it practice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you gotta but, keep doing it but, okay, uh, but it, for, for, the guess, only way that you'll know that you're done is when you really truly have forgiven them. When you truly have forgiven them, then there's, you know, only you know that and then there's no more to do. I mean, you know, that's, you're finished, but you've got to keep working at it until you feel that, that within, that yes, I, I have forgiven, I've let it go. But I guess for me, the, 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 pos the, the concept of forgiveness is pretty abstract in terms of, yeah, it's a bunch of words, I see it, but to know what that feels like is another uh, another facet of that word that I'm I'm still struggling with. Yeah, of course, and we all do. Uh, you know, it's easy to say I forgive you, <laughs> relatively. I mean, you know, for most of us, it's not that easy even to say. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. just say it. Uh, you know, you're already like have done you know considerable work. Uh, but then to believe it uh, is another is another question, and I you know I, I don't know that there's any way around getting to believing it um, other than just keep saying it, uh, you know keep saying it, keep thinking why it's important for you to forgive, why it's in it's in your self advantage, it's to your self advantage to forgive, to think about all the reasons for for why it makes sense to say I forgive you. And, uh, and and little by little by little over you know over time and in, in some cases depending on the you know the the depth of the wound uh, it can take uh, it can take quite a long time but this, this is the only way it's the only way to do it uh, you know if somebody else has a different way of you know kind of getting getting to forgiveness quicker than that you know please let me know but uh, I, I, I have not discovered one uh, other than to just keep Keep doing it over and over and over again. To keep saying it, you know, in your mind, uh, and and to you know do the some visualizations maybe where you sit down in front of the person, you know, in your mind, 
and you you just say I forgive you and and you don't you know in your mind have this sort of like you know expectation that they'll say well I forgive you too or oh yes I was wrong in hurting you I'm so sorry you know you don't have that expectation that's unrealistic in you know in, in real life you know most of us are trying are, are waiting to forgive the people that that harmed us until they apologize and you can spend your whole life waiting for that uh, and in the meantime every, you know every every day that you carry these kinds of you know grudges these anger this this sadness this hurt every every day you carry that is another another day of this short and precious life that that you are uh, hurting yourself that you are you are making yourself unhappy and uh, so it is in your self-interest and 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 that's the most important I think tool to get from just the you know to get to the words I forgive you in the first place and then to you know over time to get to the you know to the true feeling to the true belief that you really have forgiven them is to realize you know this is this is this is not optional if I want to live a happy life I have to do this and none of us want to do it, of course. None of us want to do it. It's hard work. But so, you know, we're, we're at war with ourselves, aren't we, Dustin? You know, we, we've got like the angel and the devil inside of us. When the, the angel says, you know, I want to be happy. I want to live a happy life. I want to live a good life. I want to live a contented life. I want to live a loving, compassionate life. But then the devil goes, no, you shouldn't forgive them. They hurt you. They, 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 they insulted you. They did this. They did that. No, I'm not going to forgive them. <laughs> Yeah, and so then, if you're on that path of forgiving other people, how do you forgive yourself? Well, you have to start with yourself, I think. You know, really, uh, if if you can't forgive yourself, how can you forgive anyone else? And uh, and you know, and one way to do that is to simply, you know, again, to recognize this is not this is not the kind of person I I'm want I want to be. I don't want to be a kind of person who's you know guilt ridden. Who's you know depressed? Who's you know, you know, thinking thinking of myself as you know as an unhappy person. Uh, you know, an unhappy person is defined by their anger and their guilt and and their sadness and their low self-esteem actually. And uh, so so you can start there and then and then and then say like how how can I how can I be of use to anyone else unless I fix myself? How can I really you know, be part of the solution instead of part of the problem in, in my in my relationships, in my social circle, you know, in my life, unless uh, un unless I'm a happy person, unless I figure out how to how to become uh, a contented and happy person. So so you can use the compassion for others as a way to you know to generate some compassion for yourself and say like I need to fix me in order to be a you know a good father, a good mother, a good lover, a good friend a good you know employee in order to be a good person I need to I need to work on myself and the first thing we need to work on is uh, is our sense of, of, of low self-esteem you know low self-esteem is not a spiritual uh, virtue and, uh, and and sometimes you know we we mistake it for that uh, we, we think well if I'm you know really self-deprecating and re you know like internally if I really you know, beat myself up enough and say like, what a bad person I, I am and what bad things I've done. You know, maybe that counts as a as, as kind of a spiritual, you know, kind of life. And it, it isn't that just like, you know, kind of repeatedly hanging on to 
you know, to guilt and remorse. You know, regret is a different thing. You can regret the kinds of mistakes that we've made, and we all have made mistakes. And that's another kind of like helpful, you know, mental tool is to realize, you know, it's not just you that's screwed up in life. You know, we've all screwed up. We've all made mistakes. And uh, you know, so so you're not special, you know, because because you you made mistakes. You're not special. And uh, and you know, and 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 then and then realize, well, you know. Uh, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm really serious about wanting to live a happy life, and 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 this is our our you know our deepest desire, is to be happy, and and universally. Well, then what what do I need to do to to get there? And uh, and the first thing we need to do is to have good, healthy, you know, kind of self-esteem, uh, in order to in order to move to the next level, which is you know a certain kind of good, healthy self-effacement, you know, where you where where you live a a, a life of um, you know of selflessness. But you can't live a life of selflessness unless there's a good, healthy self there to drop. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean, um, and feeling what you mean, are, uh, <laughs> that's a little further down the road, I think. No, of course, I mean, these are, these are just words, you know, like, this is the, you know, this is the truth of all spiritual training and teaching, is that all, 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 the, all, all we can do with our, you know, with our teachers and with the, with the spiritual guidance that we get, you know, these are just words, they're just like fingers that point to you know to something that we need to do internally that we need that and and only we as individuals can do it uh, no one can help you except for you really no one can really do that work for you and you know it would be nice if something nice or otherwise and of course like, you know at some level we all we all hope that it would be otherwise like somebody would just come and fix me you know wave some magic wand over my head and say okay now you're free of all this kind of guilt and remorse and anger and all of that, you know, kapow or something like that, presto changeo, but it doesn't work like that. We have to do the work internally. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, and, yeah, and it is the, and it is called the path for that reason. So, and you're, this is, this is a wonderful talk, and you're going to be speaking in Vancouver soon. Uh, actually, not this year. Hopefully, in, uh, in the summer of 2014, I'll be speaking in, in Vancouver again. Okay, so not soon enough, I should say. So then, um, in the book, you talk about gratitude, and when I saw so you speak, you were in Vancouver about a year ago now, I believe, maybe a year and a half? Yeah, a year ago, probably. And you mentioned uh, the morning lull technique that I've used uh, with the three questions. Am I going to die? And the answer is obvious. Do I know when? That answer is also obvious. And what can I do today? And the first two questions, okay, easy, easy peasy. But the last question is, leaves me wondering at times because I go, what can I do today? And I go, I run through my list of tasks. Then I tell myself, well, I can be compassionate or I can, oh. but I'm, I'm looking for something a little more of a guidance on answering that first question. Well, this is a, this is a you know a, this is a, a part of the you know the 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 usual uh, Buddhist you know kind of um, meditational practices. Actually, it's called death awareness, and uh, 
and yeah, the answers to the first two questions are pretty obvious. Uh, are you going to, you know, every, and I recommend and, and have practiced uh, to some extent doing this every morning. Uh, where you, you know, before you get out of bed, you, you know, you say, well, you know, is, is death real? Uh, you know, is, is it a fact that I will die? And, you know, although the answer is obvious, we kind of have to struggle with that because we're in great denial about that. You know, we, we know, of course, at one level, intellectually, that, I'm, that we're all going to die, you know, that we're mortal. But we don't live like that. We, we don't act like that. We, we always think, well, yeah, you know, uh, probably I'll die, you know, sort of, you know. Uh, and, and then secondly, we, you know, even if, to the extent that we can even accept the fact of death, the second, second part of that meditation is to say, well, do you really know when, when you're going to die? And, you know, the... The, un, the, the unmeditated answer on that, the, you know, the sort of subconscious, you know, kind of feeling that we all have is, yeah, it, but it won't be for a long time. I, I, will, I will die, but I probably will die for a very long time. I, I'll, I, should, I should get at least the average lifespan, you know, which is in the 80s nowadays in, you know, developed, you know, countries. And uh, there's no guarantee of that whatsoever. You know, we could die at any time in all kinds of ways. And so the full version of that part of the meditation is to think about all the ways that you could die, actually. You get run over by a truck, you could, you know, have some cancer cell come into you, you could choke on your food, all kinds of ways to die. In order to get you to the conviction, you see, the, the belief, not just the intellectual belief, but the kind of feeling that, you know, my, my life is, um, my life is precious and, and potentially short. And so the third part of the, uh, the meditation, actually, Dustin, is to think, and what's going to really matter when I die? You see, what's really going to matter? Is my job going to matter? Is my money going to matter? Are my consumer goods going to matter? You know, are, are my friends and family going to be able to do anything for me? Are they going to be able to save me from death and all of that? So that you get this kind of, you know, again, kind of conviction that the only thing that will really matter you know, you, 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 in, you investigate. What is it that will really matter when I die? And, uh, you know, the, the long and the short of it is, if you wrestle with this long enough, is to, you know, the, the thing that will matter when you die is how you have lived. You know, how, what kind of a life have you led? Can, can you die happily? Can you die without regrets? Can you die without saying, oh, I wish you, I had done things differently, you see? So this is to, you know, give us some, uh, some impetus, you know, to light a fire behind the behind on a day-to-day -day basis to start living the kind of life that we can be, be contented with and happy with when, when death comes and death will come. So, uh, so, you know, that's how you kind of translate it into your everyday life, can, can, you know, in, and in everyday situations, you know, in, in, in this situation, can, what should I do that I can live with? What, what actions should I do here that I can live with without regret? And, because I could die. I could die, you know, tomorrow. I could die, you know, next week. I could die next month. I could die next year. I, you know, I could die at any time. So how can I live now in such a way that I can die without, without regret and, 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 and contentedly? Uh, you know, there's two, there's two kinds of people who There are people who die with all kinds of regrets. And, uh, you know, then it's too late to fix them. And, uh, and there are people who die saying, well, I did my best, you know. I, I did my best with, with life. 
and uh, you know which which way will you want to want to die? <laughs> you know, uh, it's obvious, right? It's obvious that the second way is better than the first. Yeah, that's very useful. That's um, that. Yeah, I'm a little lost for words because that makes a, that makes that last question um, far easier to to answer. Um, yeah, it's also to um, you know, it's also to to motivate you to start like you know living living the kind of life that you know that you should be living uh, and not just deferring it and saying well I'm kind of busy now I'm too busy with the job and I've got these family problems and I you know so I'm you know I'm too busy to actually get serious about a spiritual life uh, you know the the death awareness meditation really is to kind of to motivate you to 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 start living the kind of life that most of us I think know we should be living uh, but but don't because we think we have time to get to it later and uh, and we don't we don't have infinite time to get to it later, so it's to stop the constant uh, deferring, uh, postponing, that that most of us do most of the time when it comes to a, you know to to a serious spiritual life. Yeah, and I'm feeling um, that that's a. I have nothing wise to say, so we're going to move on to the next question. <laughs> You're the one passing on all the wisdom. Um, but you are offering more insight into the daily practices. And in terms of living within the conventional world and fitting daily practices in, most of us feel like we don't have the time to fit it in. What does a day, including daily practice, look like? Well, I, I have um, I, I have a uh, epilogue in the book that goes through I think nine different uh, you know kinds of things that we can all be doing no matter what kind of life you're living you know how busy you are on a, on a pretty much daily basis so um, you know I just rehearse that quickly uh, and and then you can sort of stop me you know, or or comment afterwards and so you know if you think any one of them is too difficult or unreasonable uh, every night get a good night's sleep. You know, as a spiritual practice, it's you know nobody. You're not doing anybody any favors going around life, you know, tired and and crabby. Uh, so uh, you know, whatever whatever it means for your body. And most people, I think, it means eight hours of sleep. Get eight hours of sleep, uh, you know, or whatever you need every night. Some people need more than that, actually, and and very few people need much less than that. But many people are living uh, with much less than that, uh, and and they're kind of living with this kind of low level you know, crabbiness uh, all day long because it's just not getting enough sleep. In the morning, before you get out of bed, uh, do you know, the morning law, what I call the morning law, which actually we, we talked about, uh, you know, with the death awareness meditation, but before the, before the death thing, you know, it, which is kind of depressing, in a way, a depressing thing to start with. So, so <laughs> starting with that, <laughs> you know, before you get out of bed and, you know, jump up and start running around to, you know, get ready for work, you know, just sit in bed and loll around and think like, what an amazing life I'm leading. Think about all the things that are going right for you in life. And uh, so really it's a gratitude meditation to, to think about the friends that you have, the people that love you, the material prosperity that you enjoy, the education that you received, and think about like the life you're leading. And uh, if you need some help with that, you know, you can go onto the World Wide Web and, and do some comparison shopping because billions of people aren't living a life like you are. And uh, nothing like it. Uh, you know, they don't have enough to eat. You know, they're living in poverty conditions. They are uneducated. You know, and many, many people have no friends. Many people are living, you know, isolated existence and so forth. So, 
you know, just be, it's just a reality check, actually, to every morning realize that, you know, you're living a pretty, a, a blessed life. And then the second part of the morning lull is to say, well, you know, and this life isn't going to last forever. To do the, you know, the death awareness meditation and not take it for granted, you see. And then, uh, you know, you maybe get up out of bed and have some coffee and tea and then uh, sit down and meditate for, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes every morning. And uh, everyone has time to do this, you know. You can, if it's important enough, you will make time to do it. If you think it's important enough, and some kind of meditation or contemplation, quiet time alone, uh, you know, every day is 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 an, you know is is an extremely important part of a of a not just a spiritual life, a happy life. Spiritual life and happy life are the same thing. Uh, all day long, keep track of your uh, of your moral life keep track of how you're doing and the, one of the best ways to do that is to stop every couple of hours and just check in on yourself and say like you know have I done anything in the last couple of hours that 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 I shouldn't have done what what kinds of things have I done in the last couple of hours that I you know I'm proud of you know and just keep track of your morality and I think you know we can talk about it but I think everyone knows what a moral life is you know don't hurt people don't lie to them don't steal stuff you know that you round up the usual suspects but keep track of it in your own life. Uh, every day do something for someone else, you know, a as a practice. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, just some little little act of compassion and altruism uh, all, every day as, as a practice. You see, you know, you probably, people probably say, well, yeah, I already do that. But, you know, uh, because that changes you. The, the understanding of of the good things that you do in life changes you but if you're now kind of not not paying attention it doesn't change you that much if you see what i mean uh every day do some form of physical exercise it could be yoga it could be running it could be taking a nice long walk but something to get the body moving and get the energies flowing uh, and at the end of the day you can do the what i call the couch potato contemplation and just sit down and relax on a couch or on your on your chair favorite chair or whatever, close your eyes for just, you know, 10, 15 minutes and just think, what what would it be like to be perfectly happy? What, what would it feel like? What would it feel like to have a mind that's completely content and happy and a heart that's completely open and loving? And just, uh, and practice that, you know, practice makes perfect. So you practice the goal, in other words, and, uh, and that's a very important practice and a very profound one. It's uh, not one that I made up, actually. I mean, I'm sort of made up the couch potato contemplation thing, but it, this is a very um, advanced practice in the, um, in the uh, Buddhist and, and Hindu traditions to to take the goal as the path, you call it, to think about what it would be like to be finished, you know, spiritually, to, to reach the goal. Uh, and then every night, spend some time uh, studying. You know, it doesn't have to be at night, but for most people, if they have jobs during the day, uh, you know, best time to do it maybe is in the evening, where where you again you just uh, take a twenty minutes or a half an hour and and read a, a sacred text. You know, study the Bhagavad Gita or the Yoga Sutra or one of the Buddhist texts or the New Testament or the Quran or you know or the Torah. You know, it doesn't matter. There, you, you, whatever you're um, you know attracted to, but but every day spend some time, you know, studying a studying one of the world's great uh, spiritual, you know, classics and, and on how to live a good life. And, you know, if you're not attracted to any of those, that, you know, read, read some nice book that Oprah re recommends. You know, she usually recommends, you know, books that are uplifting. But something that's going to, like, 
you, you know, combats the crap that's been, that goes into your mind all day long, you know, on, by, you know, the, the media that's, you know, bombarding us, something that will counteract that a little bit. And, uh, and, then, and then go to bed. And one day, one day a week, take a, take a day off. Take a Sabbath. Uh, it's an old practice in world religions to have, have a day of rest. And uh, that's an important part of, uh, of a spiritual life, too, to just, uh, you know, recharge yourself once, once a week and just rest and relax and play with the kids and go to the lake or go to the beach or, you know, go to a nice movie and just, uh, you know, chill. Just kick it so that so that you um, are are revitalized for the other six days of your spiritual life. This is a spiritual practice too, of taking taking time to rest. So uh, I don't I don't know that anyone can't do that. You know we have all kinds of resistance to doing any form of, of discipline, but this is quite easy and uh, and those are the main components of any any proper spiritual life. And that's uh, wonderful. Wow, there's some coffee blending behind me here <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> maybe that's part of someone's spiritual path not mine though I wanted to say thank you for your time today this has been really wonderful we really enjoy your approach to spreading the wisdom and I'm hoping that we can do this again sometime maybe I will even be in a quieter location <laughs> anytime Dustin it was great uh, I always enjoy um, talking to people on Drishti Point Thank you very much. Wish you all the best. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Drishti Point. We dedicate our efforts to the health and happiness of our listeners and for the health and happiness of all living beings.